0: Our reading this morning is from John 15, verses 1 to 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete.
1: For a moment, let us pray. Lord, we hear your word that comes to us through Scripture. We pray now the blessing of your Holy Spirit as we explore its significance for us today, in every part of our lives, for your name's sake. Amen. We come to the end of this series about the invitations of Jesus and Uh, While we've explored many, I'm sure it's not an exhaustive uh, list uh, of those invitations. Uh, But apart from anything else at all that we discover from these invitations, uh, they are all invitations into a relationship of one sort or another with Jesus Christ. To share in his life, to know his presence, yes, in the difficult times as well as in the good. uh, But also to know beyond all that, his resurrection life. And it's a life that comes to fruition and experiences a joy that is complete. That's the invitation of Jesus How do we receive these invitations? And particularly this morning, this invitation to remain in Christ's love. What do we do with invitations that we receive uh, for other things from other people? They are indeed all about relationships, aren't they? That invitations come from someone they're about meeting someone, meeting up, uh, perhaps having a meal or a coffee. Uh, they're about doing something with other people, uh, perhaps going to a party uh, or going on a journey or a holiday. Uh, they come from somebody and in those terms they are gracious, they are Other people reaching out to us, inviting. Other people opening themselves to us, inviting us to be a part of their life and to share in it in some way. And as Amanda says, they quite often have RSVP on the bottom. Uh, They are inviting a response of some sort. Um, But I don't think that we often reach that RSVP straight away, do we? Uh, I guess in years gone by, the invitation might have been put behind the clock on the mantelpiece. Today it's more likely to be uh, on the fridge with a magnet, or uh, perhaps you're a bit more organised and you have a little... uh, uh, file where invitations go. But we don't answer straight away, do we? Because there are things to be considered. There are questions to be asked. Is this something I want to do? Um, Well, I wonder who else is invited and therefore does that reflect on whether I want to go or not? Um, What's expected of me? Can I just be there and sort of in the background and not really having to engage, uh, or do I have to do something specific? You know, is there a dress code? Have I got to take a gift? What sort of participation is expected of me? You know, if it's a dance, have I got to dance? Goodness me, no. Have I got to make a speech? Uh, Have I got to meet new people? Or are they folk that I already know? And it's not surprising that we ask similar questions of the invitations that Jesus offers to us. Who else is invited to remain in his love. Who else is invited to be part of this? Yes, Jesus' invitations are very personal and they're direct to you and to me, but they're not exclusive and there is a need for us to engage with other people, others we know, perhaps others we don't know. There are those people who we label as church. Uh, We meet them on Sundays, hopefully one day, Uh, and at other times too, of course. And there's an interesting mix of people, isn't there? We're an odd lot, a real assortment. And there are some who we would readily go and say good morning to, and there are others we've not yet got to know for all sorts of different reasons. But beyond church there is the rest of God's humanity, all those whose God love, God's love has called in to being. And we're called to relate to them too, in this invitation to remain in God's love. So what then of this invitation that we've just uh, popped behind the magnet on our fridge? What does it mean for us to remain in the love of Christ? I'd like to just guide our thoughts a little this morning using three words. Remain, if, and joy. We're invited to remain in the love of Christ. That word remain carries with it The simple fact that this is an existing relationship. We are within the love of Christ and we're invited to remain there. It is another invitation that is gracious. It comes from him. But it calls for participation. Remain in my love. But know also that relationships do not stand still. It's not something static. We're not going to sit there and remain. We're called to remain in Christ's love, which is active and always moving and always changing us. It's not about the... uh, Remaining on the sofa, the child with parent or grandparent, remaining in their love, comfortable and safe. But it's about knowing, it's about responding, it's about acting. It's about, yes, sharing it ourselves graciously with others. Uh. It's funny when you're preparing a sermon what comes to mind and uh, some of you uh, of a certain age will remember the song sung in Sunday school about magic pennies and love is something if you share it. Love is something if you give it away. Oh, we'll have to learn it I think. There aren't that many signs of recognition. But yes, love is something if you give it away. We're called to share it. And here in this passage from John's Gospel, uh, Jesus is around the supper table with his disciples, uh, exploring relationships with them, preparing for the time when he wouldn't be physically present with them. And he speaks about his relationship with his father Uh, his relationship with his friends, his disciples, but also those who are not part of that close group of association. All are invited to remain in him. A few weeks back, uh, Paul preached about the parable of the great feast, Um, and you'll remember there's quite often a focus uh, on those who decide not to accept the invitation for all sorts of reasons. But I think for me that week the reflection focused more on the deep desire of the host to have people at his feast, to invite them. And so those who said, I'm not coming, uh He left to one side and he moved on to others. He desperately wanted people at his feast. And God wants us at his feast and Jesus wants us to feast on his love and to remain there in it. And I think we can sense something of that because we know if we send out invitations, they go to people who we want to come to whatever event, a birthday or an anniversary or something. We want people to be there. And Jesus wants us. And Jesus wants us to remain. We're offered in this passage this lovely image about the vine bearing fruit, but the necessity to remain grafted in the vine. But it is a relationship that already exists. The gardener, the father, has already grafted one vine into its stock so that it can grow and bear fruit. You are already clean, Jesus says, because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. But we also have that image of the fruitless vine that is pruned and burnt up. And we're encouraged to examine the fruitfulness of our relationship with Jesus. You may remember that occasion after the resurrection when Jesus uh, was in conversation with Simon, Simon Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus asks. And Simon gets a bit panicky. Yes, you know I do. Of course you do. And of course I do. Uh, But that incident is not a a sort of loving contest. Who loves me most? Uh, It's more about enabling... Simon Peter to recognise the love that he has for Jesus and that it is something to be shared feed my lambs Jesus invites him and we too are taken to a point where we may recognise that as we remain in the love of Christ it has to do with all our relationships which we hold in that love during this supper that Jesus shares with his friends, uh, quite a number of questions are asked uh, about what Jesus is talking about. Uh, I have a few of my own. um, And one of them originates really in this word, if. If you keep my commandments... You will remain in my love. And it makes me feel uncomfortable because there seems to be a condition there about receiving the love of God. And in the vision of the the, the image of the vine, there's bear fruit or, or be pruned. Somehow there is a condition. And... We often view our relationship with God in Jesus in that way, do we not? That something needs to be fulfilled. I have a little book on the shelf of cartoons by Kalman, the cartoonist, and it's called My God, and it's humorous, but there's a lot of truth in all of it. One of them simply says, and this little God figure sat on his cloud, bald head with a beard, looking angry. Love one another, or I'll come down there and thump you." There's a condition uh, to loving God and being loved by Him. Uh, So the if question raises, how do we remain in God's love? What do I have to do to fulfil this, to be there? But the law of love, love God, love neighbour as yourself, is not something that can be legislated for, is it? Our relationships are not things that we can legislate for. We don't love because there is a a sort of condition or a, a threat of any sort. We love because we have a gift to give. We love because God has given his gift in Jesus Christ. And we're invited to remain there. Of course, we may need reminders uh, of what it, this love is like, what God's love is. But it begins, I think, with an appreciation of love and that this is God's way. We acknowledge as Christians that we have the biblical testimony. The story of God's love from creation uh, to its fruition. A story of remaining in God's love. But as well as looking back to that, we may also look at our own lives and the love which we share. And our view is taken wider. As we've lived through this pandemic, we've become far more conscious of loving actions that have come about uh, quite naturally. Nothing has forced them. Uh, There's been no legislation about them. But there's been a gift, tirelessly given by so many, It's part of God's creative gift in us. Remaining in Christ's love is recognising where that love is indeed upholding and sustaining the world and its people. So the responsibility is not ours alone, but it belongs to all and we share it. But I wonder, as we look around the world, do we recognise, do you recognise the love of God when it stares you in the face? Because it's there. Do you recognise the love of God in your everyday relationships and their ups and downs? Do you value them? Do you value it? Do you recognize the love of God when you see it in the person of Jesus hanging on a cross? Not for all the symbol of love, but there it is, stark and real. then lastly, joy. I have told you this so that my own joy may be in you and your joy be complete. I wonder in the situation in which they were gathered around that table before Jesus' trial and crucifixion, how could Jesus speak of joy? It's all about departure and betrayal and death. How can I see joy in the midst of all that is going on in our world? With all the suffering and all the hardship. But of course we need to realise that Jesus is speaking of something so different from our casual understanding. He speaks of something that transcends an earthly happiness something that remains even in the face of tragedy, because it's rooted in the love of God, which matters more than anything. Of course, Jesus is looking forward to the immediate future when the disciples' relationship with him will be tested to the extreme, but also looking beyond. So you have sorrow, Jesus says, this is in John 16. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. A joy when the disciples will see Jesus again, risen from the dead. But it goes further. He's spoken about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that he will prepare a place for them where he is going. Remain in my love, and your joy will be complete. It strikes me that in all these things, we are invited by Jesus to what we've come to call a new normal, It's not just for a moment. It's not going to pass away. It is a new normal in which we can remain. And it's what the disciples were invited to. And it's a future that we're invited to, fulfilled by love. We've witnessed it during the pandemic where a loving concern has been extended to others without any persuasion. The failings that are uncovered by that question of if and that note of judgement are overcome by love and we're invited to remain in it and find a joy in a relationship with a deeply loving God not legislated for but found in Jesus the Crucified. And risen Lord. Amen.